morning and welcome back to your Hebrew Nation Morning Show, where Hebrews from all over the world gather to share and listen about the biblical roots of our faith. Sit back with your favorite morning brew and join the conversation. Lines are now open, so call 503-967-3001-503-967-3001. Hebrew Nation, His Kingdom, His People, and Your Radio Station. to the Wednesday morning program and we are super excited to be here and what a beautiful and wonderful day it is a day good to be alive uh every day is a good day to be alive because we have purpose and we have uh, a mission and I'm just so thrilled to uh be here with my beautiful and wonderful co-host Miriam Stallsworth how you doing Miriam I'm doing great. So glad to be here in sunny Oklahoma today. We're in a little bit of paradise here for most part. We're very fortunate and we're so glad to be back on the air after a couple of weeks where we were away at Sukkot and uh, and so we're back live now, but I'm sure everybody had an incredible time. We have an incredible guest and the weather is beautiful today. And like you said, uh, my dear friend, how lovely it is to be alive and that we were born at this time for this purpose. Right, right. And, you know, uh, uh, as we were talking just a little bit before the air, we've got uh, a lady that is uh, absolutely amazing as our guest today. And she is full of purpose and fire and vim and vinegar yeah. and <laughs> and yet also of understanding and knowledge because as many of you know, um, Dina, Dr. Dina Dye is not only a uh, well-recognized, uh, an amazing author, um, she has one of the top uh, messianic books on uh, Amazon. And uh, but besides all that, she's a conference speaker and she has started a group called On Fire Prayer. It's a prayer group that has grown not only nationally, but I believe she we even have people internationally that are praying. Yeah. Oklahoma, today's our day. Yay, yeah. Wednesday. And yeah. so uh, we've we've got much to pray about. And she's also very involved um, in the political process, which we need believers involved in the political process. Why? Because our religious freedom, if for no other reason, is at stake and our freedom and liberty. I really worry about our grandchildren. You know, well, I have grandchildren. Well, I guess we all have on this yes, program. We all we're, yes. we're all grandmas here. And uh, yeah, I mean, what kind of a world are we leaving them? So we really are super mindful of that. And um, we just want to welcome our guest today, Dr. Oh my gosh, Dina Dye. Yay, you're here. Yay. (laughs) Thanks for having having me, you guys. And thanks for the wonderful introduction. So appreciated. 
oh, well, it's all true. I didn't even yeah, yeah. have to, you know, puff anything up. It's, it's, in fact, it was kind of subdued compared to the, the blessing uh, that you are to so many people, Dina. And I'm saying that from the heart. You know, you really, man, I, I just admire you. I admire um, everything that you do. But you're also so out there doing it, you know, putting fuel to the fire, putting feet to the, to the battle. And so we do appreciate you. Yeah. Well, just, uh, you know, trying to be an example and a role model, especially for the, you know, the younger set. It, it's interesting, our group here in New Mexico, we meet every Shabbat in the afternoon. Of course, we're not allowed to do that, but we don't care. And uh, my <laughs> husband and I are kind of the old, the, we're the patriarch and matriarch. <laughs> uh, and they're all young millennial families. And, of course, their focus is on, you know, raising their kids and in this environment. You know, we just look at it and shake our heads at what's going on. So we've really tried to impart in them and try to direct and lead them as best we can. And I imagine it's, you know, that way in a lot of places. It, you know, things, things don't make sense. People are still scratching their heads like, what is going on? And there's an expectation that at some point on some day, <laughs> it's all going to end and we're going to get back to life as normal. And it's not going to happen. It simply isn't going to happen. So now we have to figure out how do we walk through this minefield? How do we go forward? How do we instruct our kids and our grandkids? And, and how do we show them what, you know, the big picture? I'm really about being a big picture person. And so in that, I've tried to inspire people, get out, get active wherever you can in your community. Because what's happened is the church has, you know, been fat, dumb, and happy for a lot of years, very comfortable. Um, you right. see in these really large congregations, it, it, from the outside, it looks like really the only thing they care about is making sure the tithe every week is really fat so they can do whatever. And we have brought this on ourselves. I believe the faith community, in large part, is responsible for what we're seeing. So... Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, the return, because I hope and I believe, I trust that that may well have been a, an important marker that, you know, the father heard the prayers of the nation and around the world and he is moving. Right. Yes, right. Yes. yes. Amen to that. And uh, were you going to say something, Marion? Well, also we want to say, too, if people don't know, uh, we have been very blessed in our state of, of Oklahoma. But Are you there? Hello. Did we lose Miriam? Yeah. Okay. You, went, you went mute for a second, Miriam. I don't know if you uh, fell off the air. We'll try to get you back on. But I, but she is, she is right. Dina, I've got to tell you... Um, when we, when I, I recently visited California and for my granddaughter's wedding during Sukkot, and oh my goodness, I was totally shocked um, how bad We're it not is. Not on, are we? Yeah, you're on. You're on now. Oh, she's still there in the background, and I can't get her. Um, but anyway, yes. but I was, I was, and she'll, she'll, she'll figure it out. Um, but anyway, we are uh, so blessed to live oh, here in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. wow, we totally lost connection for a minute. No, you're you're there. Yeah, we lost connection yeah. for. Your, okay. It must, must have been your internet. 
What we're talking about right now, Miriam, is, you know, how blessed you had started the conversation, how blessed we are in California. And I was sharing that when I went to, I mean, Oklahoma, when I was in California, uh, you had to wear masks outside at Carmel and Monterey. Uh, They had signs all over the place. If you're, if you, and you could be walking by yourself but you had to have a mask on or you would be fined a hundred dollars for being without a mask, even in open air outdoors. And I guess, isn't that kind of the way it is in New Mexico as well? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And she just clamped down hard on Tuesday, but you literally, you can go nowhere without a mask and people will call in, report you the police, you know, they call the police to come. You've got fines. You can go to jail uh, she is now our governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, has engaged all of our code enforcement agencies so that they can issue citations. So it's not just the police or the sheriffs or whatever. It's every single code enforcement agency in New Mexico has been given uh, power by the governor to issue citations to anyone, anytime, anywhere, in a car, you name it, to if they're not wearing a mask. And I don't care. I ref- absolutely refuse. I mean, give me a citation. I'll go to the judge, whatever. I am not, what we have here is just this behavioral control and people don't even recognize that they have been, um, that they have basically lost their freedom and their freedom and their ability to make a decision for what's in the best interest of their family. So I went hiking uh, yesterday up in the mountains in the middle of nowhere in a forest we're at 8,700 feet above sea level. Do you know how hard it is to breathe up at that? Yes. yes. I mean, I'm used to it because I, I hike around here a lot. But, oh, my goodness, people wearing masks at 8,700 feet. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then hiding from us when we walk by. So we've lost our ever-loving minds. Yeah. It is crazy. So, well, we're are you are you echo? Yes. Oh my goodness! What is going on? (laughs) See the the, every week we go through something. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm trying to reach the station manager right now. So anyway, we will. Oh, bear with (laughs) us. Oh, the powers of the air do not like what they're saying. Yes. Okay, so I don't know really what to do. It's so bad here. (laughs) I don't, it's, it's out of my control, so. Welcome to the wonderful world of technology. Yes. <laughs> we go through something every weekend. Yeah. It was going so great for a moment. <laughs> oh, let's see if somehow they, there's some kind of audio control I can do something with. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I can't do it. 
Okay. So let's let's take a moment to prayer. Oh Lord God, please help us with this. Drive out the enemy. Oh, he says we're, we're sounding fine on the air. I don't know if we could push through this, but I'm not sounding fine to myself. Are you guys? Oh no. Yeah, there's a there's an echo. Okay. Okay. He, he's gonna take the remotes so we can. So let us uh, take a deep breath and we persevere here. Um. Oh gosh. <laughs> I think it's coming okay on the ear, but with us, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't stand to listen to my, myself twice. <laughs> <laughs> we're all talking in, we have, we're all talking in tongues. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you guys out there in the air might be able to just like, Here we oh. go. Yay. All right. Now I got, I, yeah, so where were we? Well, uh, I was just ranting and raving about our governor and how people walking, you know, out in the oh, forest yeah, are wearing masks. Oh, yeah, you're your, your uh, walk with your, yeah. Yeah. Right. So basically we've been behaviorally conditioned and people don't even know it. So, you know, I, I wanted to mention too, you know, our on fire prayer teams, <clears throat> on fire prayer formed around March of 2019. And I felt the Lord just kind of impress me, lead me to do this, that we, we in our group, our congregations in this movement really needed to be praying for the election. Now, remember, this is March 219. And so the number one issue for me at that time was praying for election integrity, which, you know, I didn't know at the time, like, okay, well, we'll pray for election integrity. And little did I know, you know, we'd arrive at this place where that is probably the number one prayer going into this election. The, the fraud, you know, coming at us is just legion, legion. And, you know, we just, we really need to push on through this. So uh, the other thing our on-fire prayer teams did, our team leaders in particular, in September, in preparation for the return, which was that uh, a time of repentance at Yom Kippur that Jonathan Kahn had spearheaded. I know Franklin Graham also had a march up on the mall. And he was calling you know, all leaders and, and, and uh, congregants around the world to intercede on Yom Kippur and repent for the things that this nation has been involved in. So in the middle of September, our teams did something on the air as well in preparation for that. And it was really profound. I can't tell you. We had 12 different leaders and they prayed for different areas. And I just felt at that time something happened. You know, I don't know what. I didn't necessarily see it manifested. But leading up to the time of the return, and so I encouraged all of our team leaders and all of members of our teams to engage in that day and to pray and repent on behalf of the nation. So I'm just trusting 
that it was a day of days from around the world. And I had an opportunity at that time. We, we had a special event up at our state capitol in Santa Fe. And I was invited to speak at that. I think there were about 400 people that were there. And so I spoke about Yom Kippur and talked about trumpets. I mean, this is stuff most of those people never heard in their lives. And then just encouraged them, that, you know, that it was a day of repentance and it was time we needed to take our state back, you know, that, that the state needed to be delivered just like the deliverance comes on Yom Kippur. So that was really that was really special. I've had a couple of opportunities now to kind of give a political speech in some venues and then to, to share that. So I'm, I believe that the Father heard our prayers worldwide, and he is moving in a way, and, and we often don't see it, recognize it, or understand what he's doing, but that's what I believe. Well, don't yeah. you feel, Dina, I think all of us, we, we got some great hope when, when we saw what was happening and so many people, and I think it was almost a shot of adrenaline. I know for us here in our congregation, we have been praying. We met every day for prayer for a week. And then the when, when it was on also with the return, it just spurred everybody on. And I, I think it was worldwide, hopefully. Yes, I, it was. Yeah, yes. it was. And I think, and, uh, I think you can still go and... and Get on and watch it. It was a, about a week ago. Even if you haven't watched it, listeners, you can go and uh, go to the re- return with Jonathan Kahn. And it was so moving, so moving. And he, he did such an incredible job. And I think we, we felt lifted up, like you said. And we, we have to believe that it was definitely a turning point. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. You know, you don't just pray and go sit and do whatever. Right. I mean, this right. is supposed to lead us to action. Right. And that's the heartbeat of the New Testament. You know, you go out and you do. So we've always called on fire prayer a pray and do initiative so that you go out into your community and you take whatever action is necessary. I mean, our goal here is to make things good for everyone, not just a certain few and not just for the elites. Um, One of the things I was thinking, so uh, this past Sukkot, I was at uh, Lion Lamb in Oklahoma, and I did a teaching uh, called Subverting World Empire. And I think I wanted to just take a couple of minutes because I think in order to understand where we are now, we got to go back and look at, you know, how things developed. And I would just posit that really the Bible is a political book. It's a book and I know people don't see it that way, but if you think about it, Israel was uh, basically in, uh, in under oppression almost their entire history. There's hardly any period in Israel's history where she wasn't living under some oppressive regime. You know, from back from the uh, Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, on and on and on. A very little time there. So the question has always been for Israel, how do you live under an oppressive regime? How do you resist? How do you walk? How do you, how do you, uh, how do you, the gospel message in many ways is a subversive message because it goes completely against how world empire operates. And so we find in the scriptures, and just think about what Yeshua is, Yeshua is pushing back, not only against uh, Herod's dynasty 
and against the uh, the Roman occupation. And he's also pushing back against the temple leadership who have become corrupt. So there's these this three prong, uh, and he 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 never any moment he takes to you know to push back against the Sadducees and the Pharisees. I mean, look at all, all the look at all the names he called them, right? Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. And so we find really in the Bible that politics and power and faith are all tied together. And yes. so what we do in modern in the modern world is we just take each one of those and stick it in a different box and say never the twain shall meet. It doesn't work that way. These things are all integrated. So I would suggest that the Bible, in a way, especially in the New Testament, shows us how to exercise acts of civil disobedience against world empire. And, uh, you know, this this is the story. It's the story of a nation who lives under oppression and how she deals with it. And, of course, Yeshua, our king, shows us the way out. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and I don't think um, we realize, uh, I want to go back to just for a second to the trip I took to California. I don't think we realize the effect it's having on this next generation when they look around and see adults fearful. Yeah. I, there was in the, one of the restrooms at the airport, there was a lady in there that had two uh, small children, I would say, they were probably three and maybe four years old. They were really small. They might have even been two and three. But she was yelling at them. They Everybody, of course, in the bathroom, you know, everybody had their masks on and, and uh, probably looking very scary to these little kids. And she's yelling, don't touch this. Don't touch that. Oh, you touched it. Oh, my gosh. You know, she was like totally freaking out. we got to go wash your hands again. Let's go wash your hands. And I looked at these kids. You know, I looked over at them. And I saw just terror in their eyes. Yeah. And I'm thinking how scary all of us adults must look standing here with masks on, you know, washing our hands. And, and uh you know, what are we doing to these young children? You know, the psychological damage that we're uh, imposing on them through all of this fear, and they're not seeing adults, even their own parents, who they look to. You know, I I used to look, you know, at, to my dad, you know, is uh, like during a tornado or something, are we safe? Is everything okay? You know, and you look at your parents and you see them totally frightened with masks on and freaking out. What is that doing? Well, it's irrational. This is all completely irrational. But this is, you know, the forces, the, uh, the forces of oppression and tyranny, they have an agenda. And, and again, it's to behaviorally condition the citizens. I mean, New Mexico, we have the highest suicide rate in the nation. This, the damage that's being caused is probably permanent in some places right i'm just i am beside myself with this and uh you know i don't have any good answers but people have just got to you know and i don't know what i don't live in a red state you know i don't live in oklahoma i don't don't know what that's like (laughs) but i just see people here cowering in fear and so i think the message uh of the gospel is obviously the complete antithesis of cowering in fear is just the, the, the greatest, the, the most difficult character trait is uh, probably courage. That's the one that is missing the most. And so this behooves us who are older and actually are rational 
uh, to just step out there and courage and start showing the way. You know, I think of, you know, you think about Moses standing there at the sea with his rod, you know, nobody particularly wants to go through, but somebody has to lead the way. And that's what, I mean, part of me is saying in this election, you know, we, we, I mean, compare and contrast the two candidates. You know, one is in the basement cowering in fear that's got a lid on every, you know, from now until, I mean, not even out there in the election, not even campaigning. Uh, you know, not even fighting for anything. And then the other, you know, doesn't wear a mask and goes to rallies and there's 30,000 people that show up. I mean, it's it's the same spirit. And, and then ridiculed for it that he's being inconsiderate. Oh, right. Yes. Well, so we're having a, a, a spike right now uh, of cases. But again, the fatality rate has dropped precipitously. Right. So, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> 